Happy Sunday. Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan, uh, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage and uh, here to celebrate Champa Bay. Man, I got to tell you, um, watching the Bucks celebrate this week after winning the Super Bowl, after the Lightning won, after the Rays went to the World Series, man, is there really any other better place to live in America besides Tampa Bay right now? There really isn't. I it is. I mean, it is the place to be. The electricity that has been in the city and all the celebration that's going on, and I mean, it is just so awesome. We've been talking about for so long on about you know how it helps the real estate market and all that good stuff and it just just keeps getting better and better i mean the fact that i know super bowl champions I, it's unbelievable well and the and the parade it was funny because um you obviously we had all these people out at the parade and and uh with everything that's been going on in our country to have an opportunity to celebrate something um you know it, instead of fighting over it right? right because i think we spent the last six months we're fighting over covid we're fighting over politics we're fighting over you know, racial division and to have something that kind of unites our local area is, is just awesome. Something I'm so excited about the, the fact that they won, how they won, how they were underdogs, um, you know, having Tom Brady and Gronk, uh, you know, bring, bring their winning ways to Tampa Bay. And now here we are, I'm wearing my, I'm wearing my lightning t-shirt today. Now, now it's time to start rooting on the lightning. You know, the, yes. the bucks did their job. They, they won. And the, the neat part about, I think, you know, what, what people fail to understand about these kind of iconic sports teams, iconic sports players and events is how much population it brings, how many fanatical people want to live in an area where you have, you know, highly talented, you know, people like Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl in your area, being able to boat by his house, although maybe you shouldn't hang out behind it too much because he's <laughs> got some cops patrolling it, apparently. Not that I would know or anything, uh, but but in reality, uh, it's just it's just such a great time uh, to, to be a Tampa Bay sports fan and and to be living in an era where we have uh, winning organizations in every aspect of, of our sports teams. And it just brings so much economic opportunity here. It brings people here. Um, I wish it could bring uh, people that could create home inventory here because right. uh, we keep creating demand, but we don't have enough homes to sell them. Uh, but it, it's just one of those things that that drives everything. You know, you have economic uh, growth, you have, uh, excitement, and then you have people that maybe forget about all the bad going on in the world. And they use something in a local area to kind of unite them. Cause when, when I look at the photos, I wasn't able to go to the, uh, parade. I got to watch a lot of it on social media, but, but my wife went and kind of shared it with me and to see people from all walks of life, all political backgrounds, all, you know, ethnic backgrounds, uh, out there celebrating, uh, a championship after everything the country has gone through is, is very uniting. And, and I feel like it's something that, that will help continue to, um, you know, hopefully uh, get people excited about hockey and doing the same kind of thing with our hockey team. Cause, cause now it's, it's their turn to, to kind of take the reins. Usually we've got football and hockey kind of together right. aligned with their seasons. And, and this year has kind of caused that to be out of, out of, um, you know, out of schedule a little bit. But uh, super excited for the lightning season and, and excited about everything going on with sports. So much going on with sports, including on our own real estate team, Mike. We've got Babe Ruth's penthouse right. on the market. Yes. I mean, so um, what a cool property that we have listed. It's, it's over on 4th Avenue North in St. Pete, 134th Avenue North, number 702. The Great Bambino uh, rented 
Uh, this property during spring training with the Yankees, seventh floor unit, original character, hardwood floors, so many unique, charming, characteristic things. If you're a sports fan, if you're a Yankees fan, man, owning this is like owning a piece of history. If those walls could talk, right? Right, for sure. Yeah, I saw that 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 it was there and when it went live and was looking at all the pictures and just what a cool property. Um, yeah. It's just super awesome. And I, I can see why Babe Ruth wanted to uh, spend a few months there, a mu you know, month and a half or whatever it is for spring training in it each year. That's uh, yeah, super I awesome. Mean, and, and a great location. You know, you're two blocks yes. of the water, the yacht club, beach drive, waterfront parks, restaurants, pubs, everything is happening downtown. And, and the neat part about it, it's funny because whenever we market a property like this, there have been instances in the past, and I'll, I'll give another example in a minute, where the, the owners maybe didn't want to necessarily celebrate or talk about uh, a celebrity that may have lived there or lived close by. And to me, we live in a society today where that really does matter. That influences people. So the fact that Babe Ruth did live there, when people are looking at, at properties and are comparing this to another property, this could be the thing that puts it over, over the hump. And it's, it's a two-bedroom, one-bath 1,420 square foot property listed for 325,000. Uh, again, what a cool opportunity to own a piece of history. If you're a Yankees fan, oh man, I, I've got so many cool stories and, and who knows if something like this could happen at this property, but uh, a couple of unique real estate stories surrounding the Yankees that I've got um, a few years ago. And I, and I won't say the name, not because the family I won't say specifically who it was, but a property that was owned within the Steinbrenner family, um, you know, was was sold a few times. And eventually we listed and sold the house and the buyer after purchasing found a bunch of signed and authentic sports memorabilia in the attic that oh, was cool. left there by the family. Uh, that, that was, uh, just amazing to me. Um, and, and then a second really cool story is I had an opportunity to, uh, to sell a property very close to Derek Jeter's house and was adamant, completely adamant that you needed to, um, you know, utilize the fact that it was that close and, and even potentially sell it to Mr. Jeter himself. And they were opposed to it and the property never sold, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. They priced it, they priced it way too high, but, um, but nonetheless, celebrities matter. They have influence there. There's impact from that. There's people that are willing to pay for the history and experience. It's why, you know, a, a basketball Jersey actually worn by Kobe Bryant is worth way more than when you go buy tomorrow, at Dick's sporting goods. Sure, you know, there, right. there's a celebrity usage, cool factor to it. So anytime we have these properties that, that are owned by celebrities, impacted by celebrities, we feel like, you know, we owe it to the property and to the owner to accentuate all the things that make it more marketable and sellable. And I certainly understand why some people may not want to do it. Uh, but if you're asking for the best in financial interest for you to sell the property the fastest and for the most money, I think those are things that you certainly have to mention and utilize in the marketing plan. And, and hey, look, spring training's not, not too far away. Um, yep. you know, hopefully they get everything sorted out with the baseball season. Um, but there'll be a, a, a line of Yankee fans down here before too long, probably someone ready to buy this property once they start showing up. So scoop it up now. Again, you can get more details on that property at the Duncan duo. Just click our featured listings, uh, at the top of the website. Uh, there's a drop down. You can click our listings from there. You can also Google 
uh, the address and even uh, his name and penthouse apartment. You'll be able to find the link. I already did that earlier to make sure that that works. So uh, again, 134th Avenue North, number 702, uh, listed in St. Pete for 325,000. So, so Mike, um, obviously we talk about all the economic growth that's going on um, and, and, you know, low prices, uh, you know, low um, inventory, all kind of keep pointing to a very competitive but different real estate market this spring and summer. A lot fewer homes available for sale yep. uh, than, than we really need. Yeah, it's just, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It sort of feels like a broken record, but what, we, you know, because we've been talking about the inventory for, for almost greater than a year now. I mean, I think at this time last year, even before as the COVID was just coming on, we were we were talking about it, but it seems to have gotten less and less. And, you know, I think the statistics last month were, were the lowest, you know, amount in history. And you just see properties going on and off the market um, as quick as they go on. Um, and it's just it's just incredible. And, um, you know, hopefully the builders and the new home builders will keep ramping things up. Hopefully that, uh, you know, people, if they're they're thinking about selling now is there's never a better time than now. I, I don't think. Well, you're and I, you know, it's money, interesting. Right? I, I hear um, the Biden administration talking a lot about a potential first time home buyer tax yep. credit. Man, I think they'd they'd be wise to do a first time home seller tax credit right? because the issue isn't buyer demand. The, the $15,000 that you're going to give people, especially when there's so few homes, so much cash in the marketplace, um, you know, you're, you're really not going to help them much because they're not going to be able to get a freaking house. You can give them 15 grand to buy a house, but what if they can't find a house to buy? It doesn't really matter. It's kind of just right. a, you know, it's, it's useless. So to me, I, I really think they, there, something needs to be done to spurn, or incentivize home sellers. One thing that we're doing, we're starting some new ad campaigns where we're gonna roll out a program where uh, people that sell with us, we're gonna guarantee that they're able to get a home under contract, including if we have to buy it cash and lease it back to them in order for them to sell their home and then eventually refinance us out. So we're working on some programs related to that because I think that's a fear in the marketplace that sellers have. They're afraid they're going to put their home on the market and they're not going to be able to find something. Yes. The reality is that's rare. Um, you know, it's, it's one out of, you know, probably 50 or a hundred transactions that that could become a reality. But because of the constant talking about the lack of inventory, just like I'm guilty of, um, you know, that people are afraid of putting their house on the market. But the reality is that uh, they, if they hire the right agent, if they do the right things, um, and, and follow the right, you know, process, um, they, they certainly aren't going to, we've never had anyone go homeless. Okay. Right. You, you know, you're not, you're not going to go homeless. You're, we're going to be able to figure out a strategy or a solution, including making the contract on your house contingent on you finding another one. Yeah. I've seen so many real estate agents make that mistake to where if the home seller doesn't want to sell, unless they can find something, then we just add that into the contract. Yeah, the, the seller has to find a right? replacement property. Yeah, I just I, I saw that out there uh, last week, uh, you know, about a, you know, they called it a reverse contingency. I don't yeah. know if that's what you would call it, but yep. it seems appropriate. And I was like, wow, that's really a good idea in a unique way for, you know, for a way to market your home. And it's, you know, as you were talking about this, it's I, I'm just thinking it's, it, it's sort of a vicious circle, right? We have people that want to sell, which would help with the inventory problem, but don't. 
because they're afraid they they're can't afraid find of the inventory new. problem. Right. And, that, and well, we I just wanna... keep going round and round and round and round. And and so, so something's going to have to give at some point. So, so I have a rhetorical question for our listeners. And I'm going to I'm going to after the break, I'm going to hit you with this. But I want you to think about this. And they're going to be back on the other side. If you feel like you're smart with your money and you want to make the best financial decision for your family, you live locally and you're going to sell and, and buy another local home. I want to tell you about why you should look at selling it soon after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So I teased this before the break about if you're a smart homeowner and you're thinking about selling your home and you want to maximize your financial opportunity. There's a segment of the population out there right now that we've talked about repeatedly on this program about how and why people are choosing not to sell their home. And, and that segment specifically is choosing not to because they're afraid of not being able to buy another home or, um, or simply because they think prices are going to keep going up. So let me explain why that's a fatal flaw and a bad decision for a home seller out there to wait. Um, first off, there's a lot of rumors out there, a lot of speculation about what's going to happen with taxes. One of, the, um, one of the things that has been around and discussed in multiple administration changes before is a revision on capital gains taxes for the sale of a primary residence. So let me explain what that looks like. If you own your primary property and you live in it two out of the last five years, uh, as an individual or a married person, you're able to sell your home and not pay capital gains uh, up to 250000 for single and up to 500000 for married, okay? Now, if that goes away, you're going to pay capital gains taxes on that. A lot of smart money right now. And again, it may not get nixed. We don't know. But what I would tell you is when I hear people and I tell them this, they're like, well, I think prices are going to keep going up. Okay, great. Sell your home. Take your gain now without paying any taxes. Then buy another one and you've bought right back into the market. So you're going to get the gain. And then maybe by the time you sell the next time, you'll be in a new administration and that thing will be back in place. So we have a lot of clients and I think a lot of smart um, people that are smart with their money are stepping back and saying, hey, if this is going to go away, I've got a nice chunk of equity. Why don't I sell, take my gain and not pay taxes and move to a comparable, maybe move up, maybe, uh, you know, maybe slightly up, maybe lateral, maybe slightly down. If you move down, it can be a... Um, you know, uh, again, you're not necessarily buying in at the same thing, um, but but ultimately you're still getting a gain as the property values go up. So so smart money out there is saying, you know what, I've got this enormous amount of equity. It would be silly for me to wait to sell it for the value gain and then pay 20%. Who knows how much on taxes? Let's say you've got a couple hundred thousand dollar gain, you'd pay you know 40 plus grand potentially in tax damages. So there are people out there that are, that are going to lose out on a lot of money, um, you know, 40, 50, $100,000, depending on what your equity is, by waiting if taxes, if the taxes do change and then you go to sell it, your equity gain didn't, didn't catch up that much. So, and not only that, but, but you can completely protect yourself on taxes. Sell now, take the gain without paying tax consequences and buy back in, and you're not losing any of the upside of the real estate market. That, to me, is what smart money is doing right now. There's a lot of savvy home sellers taking advantage of, but there's a lot of people that don't know uh, that, that specific, you know, the specifics of it, and they're going to they're gonna have a hefty tax bill if, if, the, if the law changes. 
Yep, absolutely. And I think a lot of people right now, the smart money out there, what they're doing is they're using this because the affordability is so great. They're using this to become the move up buyer, right? So right. this gives them a chance to get maybe into that, you know, that uh, the higher end market because the affordability is so low and they can afford so much more house. They're using this as the chance to jump into that higher home, get into yep. that dream home. And you're seeing more and more. That's why you're starting to see the higher end market start to have a lot more activity yes. than it does people in, in it a normal market because the affordability is so low. Here's one thing that I want to caution on this, Mike, and, and I, I don't want uh, Mike, please don't get mad at me. I'm not trying to take business away from from uh, from cross country at all. But I think there's a lot of people out there refinancing that are going to miss out on this. They're going to refinance and stay in their house. Right. And, yeah, maybe they lowered their payment, but then they go to sell it in a year or two or three. And they're going to and, and they could potentially again, this hasn't happened, but it's speculation. A lot of people believe that it will. You could get hosed on taxes. You could have a huge tax bill that if you would have just sold it and bought, you'd have still got the low interest rate on whatever you bought. You'd have maybe had to pay for movers and have a little bit of cost, but certainly not to the extent that a lot of people are going to have tax consequences. So I think if you're someone out there thinking about refinancing, I'd also really think about stretching your money, moving up, and, and seeing what opportunities are out there for you to be able to take your gain and your equity now versus just – doing a refinance. I, I, you know, I've run across it a few times. I had someone not long ago that said, man, I refinanced my house six months ago, but now I'm thinking about moving. That was a bonehead move. You know, now, now they're going to have to pay again to go out and buy another house. And so if you think about refinancing, do, do yourself a favor, talk to an agent, see what your equity is, see what we can do to help you get it sold and look at buying another property that maybe solves some of the minor, you know, things that you don't love about your home. Um, because I, I think there are people out there that have refinanced that, that regret it and are now looking to sell their home, even though they saved money, they're now looking to, to move up and they should have just simply not refinanced. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think I, there's that audience out there. Yeah. And that's a great point. And I don't take offense to it at all because, you know, when we talk to people, we talk to them about what is, you know, Hey, what's your one, three, five year plan. And even if someone came to us to refinance and said, oh, well, I'm thinking of maybe selling in the next year and, you know, everything else, we're going to look at that and, and more times than not, almost all the time say, hey, it doesn't make sense for you to refinance if you're going to sell in that because you got to recoup the costs and everything else. And ultimately, and I found in, in our branch runs this way is, is, you know, when you do what's right by the customer, right, and what's in yeah. their best interest and everything else and you, you stand by win. that whether it's it's good for you or not, then in yeah, the long run, it all win. works out. And so, yeah, and, and, and so I think, again, however, sometimes people don't think enough in advance or sure. they don't know what else is out there. If you're thinking about refinancing, find out, get, get with an agent, call us, hit the duncanduo.com, hit us up on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo, find out what your home's worth, go out there and see what's on the market and then make the decision. Do you want to refinance or do you want to take that great interest rate right. and move up or, or move into a different part of town, move closer to your office, move further away from your office because now you don't have to be close. You get to work from home maybe. So, so look at the, those things. So anyway, we're going to continue this conversation after a quick break here on the Dunk Duo Show. So back here on the Duncan Duo Show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. And I want to talk next about first-time home buyers. Mike, I know you guys work and specialize with a lot of first-time home buyers looking to kind of jumpstart their yeah. life, um, you know, and take the plunge of uh, either apartment living or living with their parents. And it's a segment of the marketplace that I think is going to be key to uh, real estate success over the next several years. 
But uh, there are a lot of people, I think, that go into the, their first purchase with the goal to get everything they've always wanted in their first haul. I mean, they want to knock it all out on their first deal. Right. We know that's never really the reality, is it? No, it's it, it's not. And, you know, one of the big things that, that we see with first-time homebuyers when we start talking to them a lot of times is there is something in the conversation that they're surprised about. Um, and it, it differs from person to person, whether it's they didn't realize they could just put as little as 3% down, sometimes even 0% down to get into a home. They still think they had to put 20% down or how much could they really afford or what is it going to be versus the rent they have to buy the price range that they're looking at. There's there's usually always one or two surprises that that each of the conversations, you know, they're like, wow, I didn't realize that. Um, and it's just, you know, I mean, there's a lot of information that goes into it. And, and so we just see that all the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the whole objective of buying your forever home on the first one is unrealistic. Typically, your first home, you don't have enough income to really get everything you want in the house, number one. And number two, there's going to be a lot when you're a first time home buyer, not to completely demographically determine what a first time home buyer looks like. But generally speaking, you're talking about someone that's a little bit younger. Um, you know, starting out, maybe starting a family as your family grows, as your life grows, as your personal needs and desires grow, so grows your home. So the very first home that you get needs to be a starting point so that you can start to establish equity. So you can start to establish credit. Uh, so you can understand what it's like to be a homeowner. Far too often. I see people go out and say, Oh, I want to, I'm a first time home buyer. I want to buy a uh, 1920s bungalow in some of the Heights recipe for disaster. Uh, because the maintenance and repairs and, you know, so you have to kind of graduate in different levels to be successful at home ownership and, and not drain your budget, uh, you know, maintaining your home. So what I will say is that also financial motives come into play. A lot of times the home that you buy, uh, you know, appreciates dramatically and then it makes sense to sell it because you can have a financial windfall. Um, to sell it and then move to another one and take your gain. Um, so certainly your plans can change with your family, with your personal lifestyle. Unfortunately, something we're dealing with a lot right now, your first home can change because of divorce. Right. Um, you know, divorce numbers are, are way up and it's a taboo subject to talk about, but it's something that through the years we've really gathered a lot of experience having to work with people that are selling their home after going through that. And, and the steps and, and how to do it successfully and how to work with both parties. I think COVID obviously didn't help a lot of marriages and, and contributed uh, more to divorce obstacles. And, and the, the right real estate agent for somebody going through that isn't the same as it is for someone going through a normal transaction. So there's all these things that can happen in your life that can change your quote unquote forever home to being a, um, you know, not very much longer home. So. Yeah. You know, don't don't expect that you're going to hit it out of the park with your first purchase. You've got to take your wants and needs, focus on your needs. And if you get some of your wants, fantastic. If not, uh, it, it, that's just the reality of real estate. You've got to kind of keep, you know, a stepping stone, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, most people go through different seasons of life. It's kind of what you were talking about there. And you're going to have different wants, needs, your likes change. You know, I mean, you probably like things differently today than you did 20 years ago or 15 years ago, depending on your age or that, you know, if you're a young, young person, a teenager, and now, you know, what you thought was going to be your dream home might be different now. And so that's going to most likely continue to happen through life. And that's why the statistics show that, 
you know, I think the last I saw is, you know, the average person stays in a home a little over seven years now. Um, that's going to be there. That's national averages. But the reality is their averages like that because people are going to make a decision one way or another. So a lot of what you mentioned, whether it's, you know, a growing family or reduced size of family, a change in, you know, household, uh, you know, formations um, and, and things are going to happen. I think one other thing um, that, that comes into play when it when you're buying that a lot of people fail to understand, um, you know, they buy a home and they're going to fix it up. Right. And I think they and they don't have any experience except watching uh, crooked reality TV that lies to them uh, every time they watch it. <laughs> and I'm being serious, like, do not watch reality real estate TV if you want to learn about real estate. I'll give you one example of why not to do that. I know I've talked about it before, but I'm fortunately friends with uh, some people that have reality TV shows, you know, people that were uh, they shared a media agent with me. Um, and we did some of the similar things early on in our business and it, it's so staged. We get, we get the major real estate reality TV shows reach out to us on the regular asking us, uh, if for homes that we had listed that have now sold that they want to use on their TV show, that the buyer doesn't end up selecting. So the buyer is, it's a ruse. The home isn't even available for sale anymore. Wow. TV show because it looks cool on TV. It, the, it's, the photos are nice. And so, again, um, you know, a fixer-upper isn't always fixable. It, you, you know, it, it always isn't It isn't always the right move if you don't have experience. Um, a lot, a, way too many people buy fixer-uppers and get in over their head thinking that it'll be fun yeah. to fix their bathroom every weekend for three months. It'll be fun to renovate the kitchen. And I'm here to tell you, it is not fun. I don't yeah. care what they put it on for TV. It isn't. It, and, and there might be aspects of it. You might have satisfaction at the end and maybe you can increase your equity. But a lot of people go into it with without the proper expectations, education and, and experience and make substantial blunders buying homes that need a lot of work. So unless you are really good at it, you have a family member that's good at it, or you really enjoy it. I mean, really enjoy it. Like you've done it before, not you enjoy what it looks like on TV. Uh, buying a fixer upper is, is a recipe for success. We, we deal with people all the time that are selling their home six months or a year after buying it because they thought it'd be fun to buy a fixer upper. So uh, first time home buyers should avoid fixer uppers like the plague. Uh, yeah, especially it, it, like you sure. mentioned areas like Summer Heights and some of the areas where they're the older homes and everything else. I mean, the first home I ever bought and it was up north in Cleveland, but I think it was built in 1919. And, you know, it goes in there and, you know, when a house gets to be that old and this was in 1998, when a house gets to be that old, things just happen. And uh, it's it's just a matter of time. And I, you know, I know we were way in over our heads and uh, didn't own that home very long. So I am someone that can raise my hand of what you just said, thinking I would be able to do a lot of the stuff myself where it just became too much. Yeah. And and I think, again, a lot of people just don't understand that and 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 make that mistake. However. It can be right for some people. If you're, you know, like like us, for example, we buy fixer uppers and fix them up and resell them, you know, all the time. You know, if you're a seller out there and you're just wanting a quick, instant cash offer, we do that too. So if, you know, it, it's it's one of those scenarios where sometimes people have a home that needs work and, and they're they're ready to get out and they're ready to move on. But the successful buyer in that situation that's able to sell it and fix it up usually has a lot of experience or resources uh, that, that a lot of first-time home buyers don't have. The reason we're able to pull out that situation is you know, because we're not living in it, number one. 
Number two, um, you know, access to labor. Uh, labor is a major obstacle right now yes. um, because of everything that's happening. And, and so we have access to, to really great labor that can fix up the house. We have expertise in how to, how to stage the property, what repairs to make, what repairs not to make. And, and a lot of home buyers just don't have that or they think they have it because they watched a couple of real estate reality TV shows and then find out that what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. That stuff doesn't work in Tampa. So, you know, the, the, the reality is that, um, you know, experience can, can go a long way towards making a purchase and success, successful profit venture on a home that needs work. And it isn't always available to people that haven't been in the trenches, that haven't done it for a long time. Thousands of home sales have given us the experience to know how to do that. Um, you know, you, you can't just uh, jump in the ring with Ali and box. Uh, you you gotta you gotta put in the time. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here, 970 WFLA. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, uh, all of them. So so just follow us, communicate with us. We're always putting up uh, cool uh, real estate content. And uh, when we aren't on air, we we make sure to put up some of these videos to to connect with uh, our online audience about what's going on in the real estate industry. I covered this earlier about the the bucks and the rays, and and man, it's just one of those things that's going to keep driving our real estate market. We already, because of everything that's happened with COVID, with taxes, um, with politics, unfortunately, all of those things are driving people here. And when you sprinkle on a little Tom Brady uh, seventh ring magic on top of the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, it's just going to keep going in that direction. So if you're a real estate agent, if you're a home buyer, if you're a home seller, that demand is going to continue rising because of population growth. It's not slowing down anytime soon. Um, and you just have to pivot. I gave a, I gave a speech. Um, I did a Zoom thing for uh, the University of Tampa's real estate club uh, this week. And interestingly enough, a lot of the questions were about, hey, what, you know, what, what are, what's coming for Tampa real estate? What are the changes you have to make in your business? And, and, you know, I, I kind of elaborated that, you know, we've, having been in this long enough, we've had to pivot and make, we, you have to be ready to pivot and make changes. You, you have to, you have to look at different opportunities in the marketplace. You have to make adjustments. Seems like every couple of years, there's some major thing that happens that, uh, that causes you to make adjustments and, and COVID as well as population growth and winning sports teams are, are causing smart companies, if they want to stay around and be successful for a long time, uh, to pivot and, and make changes to continue being successful. So, uh, so I think, again, it's going to be something that's neat for a while. And then I got one other plug before we jump to our break. Uh, make sure to go to jointheduo.com. If you are thinking about a career in real estate, a lot of people right now have seen how hot real estate is. They see friends that have jumped in and, and are successful right now. That doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be successful for the long haul because sometimes when the market's hot, it, you know, people that don't have the skills can be successful. Um, and when the market shifts, it changes things. So if you're a real estate agent that's looking for a new opportunity, if you're someone thinking about getting into the business, uh, thinking about getting your license, or if you're just simply someone in college, maybe someone that's you know ex, you know expanding their uh, knowledge and they're they're curious about what a real estate career is like, register for our career night. We do it the second Tuesday of every month. So we just had our most recent one. So our next one will be in March. Jointheduo.com. Uh, make sure to check that out again. It's jointheduo.com. It's a Zoom call. 
we're, we're keeping you safe from the Rona. So we're not doing it in person. We're doing it on Zoom. And I think we're going to continue doing it on Zoom just because it opens it up to more people. But again, that is jointheduo.com. And we'll be back with our last segment after a quick break here on 970 WFLA. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. And if you are one of those people that's still, still managing your hangover, after the celebration of the Super Bowl victory by your Tampa Bay Bucks, and you're trying to decide whether or not to live here, a cool article this week from 55 Place touts the most affordable retirement towns in the U.S. And it's no surprise, five Florida metros made the top ten. Number one was Boynton Beach. Coming in at number two, Sarasota. Singled out for shorelines. Abundance of 55-plus communities, 30 age-restricted communities, and 33 active lifestyle communities. Sarasota, a wonderful place to retire. And, and literally a, a short drive to, uh, you know, to the sporting events in Tampa as well. Tampa St. Pete ranked in at number five due to its, and this kind of goes in line with something I talked about earlier, friendly tax environment, abundant volunteer opportunities, low cost of living, as well as good weather, and a solid walking score with the longest yep. side waterfront sidewalk in the in the world. Tampa Bay is home to more than 100 retiree-friendly communities, including 51 that are age-restricted. And, and so a couple of other, Ocala came in at 10, Delray Beach at 9, but specifically about Tampa and retirement, look, we're seeing it. And, and this article touts it, but I think a lot of people have known about it and have been moving here. Uh, there, there's no secret. A lot of people expedited their retirement. If you're thinking about moving here and retiring to Tampa, St. Petersburg, what I can tell you is that um, our prices have been slowly but surely climbing at a slightly greater clip than Miami and Orlando. Right now, we're still more affordable. I don't know right. if that'll be the case in a couple of years. We may be on par. We may be comparable to them. So what what I'm saying is if you're thinking about retiring here, buying a home here, if you came to the Super Bowl, and you really just love Tom Brady and you want to hang outside of his house on your boat and, and wave at his beautiful supermodel wife, then it's time to come because otherwise it could cost you more. Um, it could cost you more for um, prices rising. It could cost you more from a standpoint of, you know, maybe home values are dropping uh, where you are. They are in some major metropolitan areas. So there's a lot of reasons why people have, have started moving here. And I, I know I mentioned taxes and I don't mean to, Beat it to death, but no state income taxes is a, is a great thing. We were able to survive and thrive in Florida because of tourism. So I don't see state income taxes happening anytime soon. And if you're in a state that uh, has state income taxes, factor that into the equation. Do the math on that. Figure out how much are you paying in state income taxes that you won't have to pay if you move. If your job will allow you, if you can relocate, if, you, you, you know, if you're a business owner, then maybe it's easier. A lot of things are happening via Zoom today. But again, a lot of people aren't factoring that in. I've, I've had people say, well, um, you know, to sell my house and buy this, it's going to cost this. It's like, but what will you pay another year or two in taxes? What's that going to cost right. you in state income taxes? So, uh, you know, there's no secret. The development that's coming to Tampa and St. Pete and like I have talked about repeatedly, world champion sports teams with not just world champion sports teams, but like world champion sports teams with iconic, legendary Hall of Fame athletes. Yeah, and you can run into a Starbucks, you know? Yeah, I I saw an interesting interview. There was all the interviews last week with the Super Bowl, and it was Gronk and Brady together, and they were just talking about Tampa Bay and how it's literally it's out there in plain sight, but it's one of the best-kept secrets 
um, of cities in our country because it's it's big but not too big and all the beaches and the shorelines and all the things that, that you and I know we have and, and get out there. But it's still kind of one of these best kept secrets. But the, the word's getting out. And especially after this week, it's getting out and prices are going to go up. So get in while you can. Yeah, if you wait to retire and come down here, you're going to pay more money. It's going to cost you more money, and, and a lot could change between now and then. And 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 again, there's, it's no it's no secret why we're one of the top you know retirement cities. And when I looked at that list of the top ten, we're the only major large city on that top ten list. Right. Every other city is a small city. So if you like that kind of large city living, you kind of get the best of both worlds here. It's 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 large, but not too large. There's there's little suburbia kind of just outside the city. There's rural areas within 30 minutes. You can go to a, a, a ranch, a dude ranch at a goat farm in 30 minutes from Tampa. You can you can see these things. So realistically, when I look at other places across the country, this has the greatest variety of combination of suburban and rural uh, and and urban uh, compared to anywhere that I think in the world. I mean, when you look at, you've got beaches, you've got, I mean, you really have everything here within a short drive and on our traffic, they're working on improving that even better, but it's still way better than it is in other major cities. So again, if you're here right now and you don't live here and you're just visiting, uh, you know, maybe you're celebrating with, um, the Super Bowl streaker. I don't know. I've seen him all over social media this week. Um, you know, who knows? If you're if you're here and you're still celebrating, think about moving here and don't wait too long. So anyway, we appreciate you tuning in. We hope you have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay, and go Bolts!